The Wrestling Life. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 271, July 9th, 2021. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, we have so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things we can't talk about, especially not Bret Hart's cage match page, uh, (laughs) right here on the first and the only wrestling podcast. Yeah, this is not a super heavy news week, so we might get into some Bret uh, <laughs> Hart Cage Match page later here. But or stay tuned to the bonus content after the show if that's your jam, everyone, because <laughs> I spent a lot of time on Bret Hart's Cage Match profile page this week. A deep dive into Bret's 2010 <laughs> house show run available now. Absolutely bizarre. But you will never guess who he had his last match against. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless more current and uh i suppose important question mark stuff is going on wwe has their last two shows in the thunderdome coming up with uh friday night smackdown here and then a tape raw on monday and then they're back in front of fans next weekend for smackdown money in the bank monday night raw what is the fans reaction going to be to WWE. Yeah, I it's gonna be interesting. I I think the you would think right the first couple of shows back there's it's it's goodwill city. Oh sure, the fans are happy to be back. I would think but, they'll be rabid. Everyone will be over. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw a little bit of that. It was difficult because they were in such a big stadium at Mania, but like no none of the good guys really got booed or you know no one you know no one the the fans didn't go off script on on who they (laughs) booed or cheered at mania so yeah i think people are just going to be happy to see wrestlers they recognize (laughs) (laughs) see television personalities live and in color that's right yeah we'll see um money in the bank they've continued to build that program two more spots to be decided i think on this week's smackdown um, not a, uh, Drew, Drew McIntyre really seems to be the only guy who's been positioned to win this thing. We'll see how that goes. Uh, thoughts on, um, money in the bank build, either the men or the women's match. Well, uh, I should note that, uh, Drew now has a cool guy leather jacket. He's worn that on and off. Uh, yeah. Just... He's a, he's a big Bret Hart mark. So. Yes. I mean, aren't we all? There's, there is actually, speaking of Brett, the, uh, <laughs> the, A, the A&E documentary they did on Brett, like there's a section in there where Drew talks about how he does a suplex exactly how Brett does it and just practice that for yeah. like years upon years of his career to get it exactly right. So yeah, he is a giant, uh, a giant Brett Mark. And, and so, so we all should be. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing a Bret Hart t-shirt as we speak. There you go. <laughs> But uh, but yeah, that's yeah. I, I, other than Drew, um, the, we've as we discussed last week, we'd love us some Matt Riddle right now. By we, I mean Vince McMahon. You know, I hate him as a person, but his character is funny and really the only thing entertaining on Monday Night Raw right now. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, he's doing, he's doing his job as, as <laughs> very well. Um, and he, he's a big goofball and he's playing a big goofball well. And I could see uh, Riddle in that spot as well. I think it depends. We talk about this every year around <laughs> Money in the Bank. Do they feel like making us trying to make a star this year or just reaffirming the stars they already have? Right. Often they go the latter. <laughs> when is the last time they actually made a star with that thing? Um, I can argue. I mean, I was going to say Ambrose, but that's kind of laughable because he had like a three month run. Um, uh, I mean, all those shield guys were protected and over from the, from the time they debuted. So I'm not sure if the, that was like the thing, but okay. Uh, I mean, the cash in, I feel like helps Seth a little bit, but then again, yeah. like you said, he's been, he was positioned to be a top star either way. Yeah. Um, and then I don't, there's like, there's like eight years that I just don't remember who won. Like Braun won it one year. Ugh. Brock won it one year. Uh... Right. Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Money in the bank. <laughs> Contract winner. Yes, he, he wasn't killed... even in the match, right? No, he, like, yeah. He came that, down they at the end? Like, yeah. They, and they literally told the wrestlers in the ring that Mustafa Ali was winning. And then. Oh, and then Brock runs out. Yeah. <laughs> Tremendous. <laughs> Let's look at the last few here. Uh, Brock. Okay. Otis, obviously. Which, oh, how could I forget? Which, but they got cold feet on that and uh, they took it away from him. Yes. Michael Mazanin uh, won, won, won the world championship three months ago. You might remember. Right. Right. So we had uh, uh, Brock Lesnar and Bailey the year before that. Bailey cashed in the same night, I think. Right. Mm hmm. Um, the year before that, we had Braun Strowman. Mm. Uh, let's see. He cashed in at Hell in a Cell that year? I, But he announced it ahead of time, I suppose? Yes, and Brock, uh, Brock that's, that, that was the first of like the three years in a row where Hell in a Cell ended in a no contest. Uh, so stupid. Let's see. Uh, we had uh, Baron Corbin the year before that. Obviously, he never he was one of the losers. So. Right. Changed uh, our minds. Yes. Dean Ambrose the year before that. Uh, by 2016, I feel like Dean Ambrose was already kind of a main man. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, we could argue that point, but. I mean, he was on a he was on a level above the Zigglers of the world, certainly. Right. Um, Sheamus the year before that gosh who cashed in on Roman Reigns <laughs> naturally they waited they waited to make Roman Reigns champion for like for three years and then they put the title on Roman Reigns and took it off of him in a half an hour <laughs> yeah classic stuff unbelievable Seth Rollins before that Randy Orton before that <laughs> Damian Sandow before that they beat him right <laughs> John Cena before that. <laughs> yeah, really not in star making mode there. Woof. Back to uh let's see, twenty eleven we had Del Rio, Daniel Bryan. It's like they were still trying back then. To, yeah. That's a year they made people. Okay, yeah. Miz and Kane the year before that. 
Jack Swagger the year before that, CM Punk the year before that. So it's really been since like 2011 that they have not really tried to make anybody new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that might be like a microcosm <laughs> of why why the shows feel a little bit stagnant. Sure. I mean, they've well, the thing they've put, you know, guys have won the title for the first time in that time frame since then. Your Jinder Mahal's, your <laughs> your AJ Styles, your uh, Drew McIntyre's, um, but yeah, they they haven't really used Money in the Bank as this like elevation tool the way it was maybe initially envisioned. Correct. Yes. So we'll have to see how that goes. Um, Money in the Bank, <laughs> two thousand and twenty one. On the women's side, let's see, we had Asuka last year, who, in one of the great moments in the history of the company, ended up uh, winning the title in the match. Mm-hmm. Early the year before that, uh, Lex Bliss, Carmella. I don't, I don't, I don't know what they're doing this year. I, I just, <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. They could, they could fire somebody, but they're pushing like the day before the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no rules anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's complete madness. Yeah, so I don't know, like, I guess leading into that, uh, Zelina Vega is in that match. Yeah, they brought her back and beat her in her first match back. That'll show her. That'll show her. Isn't that the classic WWE move? I mean, that, I mean, yeah, let's, we're gonna, so we fire you or agree to a release, whatever happens. Right. Uh, Eventually, you decide you're gonna come back sometime and i don't know about what the gray area is exactly but it seems like she signed then they her husband uh or at least she was she was already had had been like seen at the performance center before he was cut so oh yeah yeah like that she had pretty much decided to come back like two months before they fired her husband (laughs) right so and and then they finally bring her back to tv here and beat her immediately. So, yes. Yeah, that was. Uh, I don't. I mean, I know they didn't fire her husband. To... <laughs> Old Vince would have fired her husband just to mess with her, but this time it was probably just because he was making a lot of money. But relatively speaking, right? This but, is just Nick. Yes, this is this is just <laughs> the cold, the cold, unfeeling eyes of Nick Khan. <laughs> right. Right. So Zelina Vega comes back, loses immediately. To me, that was the CM Punk losing to Triple H in like whatever year that was, 2011. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where it's like 2011 getting a lot of play on this show. Yeah, so like the last time they even tried to be a wrestling company, it's like <laughs> okay, well, you we will make you, we will let you in to the Top Guy Club but you were going to have to kiss our ring and kneel, <laughs> kneel before the McMahon throne. That's right. And then you'll be in the top guy club. That's what they did with punk. They made him lose to triple H and then they let him in the top guy club. Selena, it's like, all right, we'll bring you back. We need to humble you first. You will lose. <laughs> we will completely shoot ourselves in the foot. Not that she's like, you know, some needle mover difference maker, whatever but <laughs> i wouldn't hire someone and then immediately make them look bad on tv 
yes yeah, like a really weird thing to do <laughs> uh yeah like i that was yeah that just felt very bizarre especially because they are lose to live morgan who like a- again as her documentary on the wwe network is shown <laughs> they don't know what they're like they're gonna they're they'll push her for two weeks and then they'll decide it isn't working and she'll and she'll either be back to doing jobs or she'll just not be on tv for a while so it's not like it's not like she had like a competitive match with the champion and you know got bested or whatever, which it would still be weird to bring someone back and beat them immediately. But at least then you can make the argument, well, but we showed them, you know, take the take the champ to the limit or whatever. It's like, no, she just lost to someone that they don't. It's like coming back and like losing to Curtis Axel or something like. <laughs> right. No offense. No, may he rest maybe Bo peace. Dallas. Maybe Bo Dallas would be a better well uh, analogy, <laughs> given the uh, given the person we're talking about. But sure. Sure. yeah. So they, that's the thing that they did. Uh, SmackDown, mm, kind of boring. Uh, Jimmy Uso, main event Jimmy Uso, another DUI, right? Yes, this is the third or fourth one in the last couple of years here. I think if you go back like 10 or 11 years, it's number... I think it's only the officially, officially the third DUI because the police botched the field sobriety test and the one where he was with his wife. Ah. And so I don't think charges ever officially came out of that one, but it's his fourth alcohol related incident in like 11 years. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, again, I'm not, I don't want, I'm not here to make light of anybody's problems. Uh, You know, if he needs to seek help, I encourage him to do so. Don't want no shame in that at all, but that being said, if you just like to drink and you don't feel it's a problem and, you know, to a certain extent, only, you know, if it, if you have a problem with, with that kind of stuff, uh, you're rich, man. Call an Uber. Yeah. You, get, you can get the nice Uber, the, the Uber XL where they pick you up in like a nice SUV. Yeah. If, if that's, an, if that's important to you, like you don't just don't, just don't drive, man. Have as many uh, soda pops as you want. Just don't, uh, you know, don't just don't get behind the wheel of a car. Like it's not that. I don't think it should not be that uh, uh, that complicated. Re- really shouldn't, and uh, don- doesn't really have a whole lot to do with wrestling. So not going to spend a ton of time on it. But WWE usually releases the so and so is responsible for their own actions uh, statement. No statement from them this time. Weird. Yeah, they're just kind of. Just looking the other way. He's uh, he's related to the right people. He's in a high pro the really the only program on SmackDown, <laughs> the Reigns family drama. So uh, we'll have to see what, if anything, comes of this. So uh, Bianca Belair and Bailey are wrestling in an I Quit match. Sasha Banks is coming back soon. I assume Sasha Banks is wrestling Bianca Belair at SummerSlam just because what else they got? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's been Bailey literally all uh, all summer or uh, all spring and summer here. So yes. they've maybe they could have put, you know, one of the women that's in money in the bank in that spot instead. And 
but I think I think they've already done like Carmella and and Bianca on TV. Not that that would be like a, a barn burner of a program, <laughs> but it it would be someone besides Bailey, <laughs> right? Roman Reigns and Edge for the Universal Championship. Um, Edge has been pretty good since coming back. Cut some effective mm-hmm. promos, uh, but clearly looks like they're spinning that off into Edge and Seth Rollins. They're not even being particularly subtle about it. Yeah, no, it's just, <laughs> they're really kind of hitting you over the head with it. And at this point, it's it's a, it's one of those moments where if this happens and and Seth costs Edge the match, like, well, it's really on Edge because <laughs> it was it was pretty obvious what was going to happen here, uh, right. in and out of uh, storyline or in and out of the the fictional world yeah Rhea ripley and charlotte flair for the raw women's championship terrible program bro (laughs) has hurt everyone involved that crutch thing on raw like and again we don't we don't spend a lot of time going over raw in detail because one you can find other shows to do that and two it's it would be the same stuff right it's it's too long the camera cuts are <laughs> annoying nobody's over like you know and so we we try to save it for like when so so we don't necessarily talk about this program every week in detail right but my god <laughs> that crutch it was so weird and awkward and like and then they're like jousting with the crutches and the announcers didn't know how to sell it. Right. And court and to your, like I, you know, personal feelings of the man aside, I think Corey Graves has been, he's had to do a lot of work. Right. He's basically the lead play by play guy and the lead color guy and has been for several months. Right. (laughs) So he's got, he's got a lot to do. And I think he's doing as good of a job as one could expect him to do in that scenario. (laughs) Sure. Uh, And even he's like, I guess, I guess they were both. I guess they're both fine. Like he didn't know what to do with it. Right. And it's like, this is the most plugged in, like with it announcer you've got. And he doesn't know what you're going for here with this. Right. Yeah. Really bad, really bad program. Um, there's no baby face in the program. Like Rio was very clearly the heel at the outset of the program there hasn't really been a turn for her and yet charlotte is extremely a heel <laughs> right yeah so there's like this three month long heel all heel program going on with bad finishes and bad angles yes <laughs> they had the one good like pull apart angle a month ago and it's right. everything else they've done with these two has just been weird and bad yes terrible Bob Bob Lashley is going to wrestle Kofi Kingston, who is boy. They um, they're going to get some heat in uh, Fort Worth or wherever that show's taking place if they uh, if they put Bob Lashley over that night because Kofi is going to Kofi mania his way into another title. He's been really good, and yeah, yeah I mean, I think we saw that. I think it was the Rumble, the last Rumble before everything shut down where it was Brock was going through everybody in the rumble mm-hmm. and then Kofi's Kofi came out and like people were on their feet <laughs> because they wanted Kofi to get revenge on Brock. Right. Because he never got to like even have a rematch for the belt after he lost it. Right. And the fans still love Kofi and it's like, and then Brock <laughs> just threw him out. Right. And it's like, cause you're stupid. If you thought, you know, <laughs> 
right. you're you're bad you're dumb and bad if you thought that kofi kingston <laughs> was a, was a real main eventer right. um but anyway, but yeah so that's i think especially yeah, especially coming out there that could be a <laughs> I mean, look, at least at least at that point, you can say, well, Lashley's a heel. We want him to get booed or whatever. But right, man. Yeah. Kofi's been really good. MVP has been very good as well. Um, and it's it's pretty like it's it's not like rocket science build either. You know, like it's just right. just it's the the fiery, the fiery never say die baby face with, you know, hits that kick and it's over. Like, so we're just we're just waiting to see. Can he hit the kick on Bob? Right. Yeah. Lashley, very good in this role. Mm-hmm. Um, Imagine that it took them like <laughs> tw- 20 years, like 13 years to figure out, oh, Bob should just be a big badass who kills everybody. Yeah, it took, it took that long, but they finally, they finally did it. The problem is he is so good at, at his role, he's, he's going to get cheered. <laughs> and, then the, and then he's going to be a baby face by default. And Vince is in love with him, so it's not going to be the kind of thing where they take the title off of him because he's all, you know, he's a baby face now. It's just like, no, he's still going to be portrayed as a heel who beats everybody <laughs> dominantly and uh, doesn't lose the title, who gets cheered. It's going to be very bizarre. Yeah, it's going to be weird. Uh, going to be a weird scenario. <laughs> Are we still going Drew? to beat him eventually or i mean i guess he well, can't they said he can't so i mean right. unless so unless you know kofi or somebody beats bob and then drew cashes in on them but i don't yeah that's weird i don't know i don't know how that plays out i don't uh let's see the men's money in the bank uh ricochet john morrison who just wrestle each other on tv every week sure it's it's fine johnny drip drip is also like <laughs> one of the bright spots on Monday Night Raw. I'll give him that. I do rue the day that WWE's social media that team learned the word drip. But <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not not a great day in history, but he is uh No, he's very entertaining. Like he like yeah. I, he's rehabs himself in my eyes. Oh, a thousand percent. From a guy I never cared if I saw again when he left in whatever that was, 2012 and Yeah. to where he is now. Where it's like, yeah, he's pretty consistently entertaining. I mean, it's comedy comedy mid-card heel stuff but it's yeah. it's good yeah drew mcintyre riddle biggie kevin owens uh and then cesaro and seth are wrestling for a shot and nakamura and corbin are wrestling for a shot so <laughs> nakamura and corbin <laughs> low-key terrible feud as, <laughs> as well nakamura i don't have a problem with the king thing uh rick boogs one of two muscle-bound guitar players who <laughs> not a particularly good wrestler in WWE right now. Mm. I don't even really have a problem with that, but the the, uh, the Corbin thing where they're going to make him some kind of sad sack. I don't know. Heel question mark, baby face question mark. Uh, <laughs> really bad. You all, and if there was a little bit more to it other than <laughs> they just wrestle every week. <laughs> right, right. I yes. mean, I guess Nakamura took his crown. That's the that's the wrinkle to it. Yes, but. the good guy stole from the bad guy. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, and again, since they wrestle every week, you could have like had Nakamura wins one, Corbin wins one. Maybe Nakamura wins a second one, and we're like, it's all done, and Corbin's so furious and demands one more match against Nakamura, and he goes, I'll even put my crown on the line. And then Nakamura beats him again for the crown. All right, And then that would be like, all right, that's a story. 
there. I feel, like right? that, I feel like that is what happened. Is that exactly what happened? <laughs> Did I forget? I think Corbin beat Nakamura. Like, I'm not going to go look up SmackDown results, but I think Nakamura. I mean, I know they traded wins for like four straight weeks. I know that. Right. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. And but I'm then, saying, but, like, make that part of the story that they're trading wins, and then one of them gets the other. Like, I guess well, in this case, since since Corbin has the item to put up, have have Nakamura win two in a row, right? Where he has the upper hand, and and Corbin says, "Give me one more, and I'll put the crown up," and and Nakamura beats him for the crown or whatever. But right, yeah, they didn't really play that up, and they didn't make a play, uh, make a show of having Corbin being the one to put the crown up. It was just like, oh well, they're wrestling for the crown this week. <laughs> Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Of stole the-, the crown, and then and yes. then they're like, "Let's have a match for the crown that I stole." Yes. And and Rick and Rick and Shin make Corbin look like an idiot every week. So. Yes. I mean, at least it's the heel being made to look like an idiot, <laughs> I guess. But then yes. he is being ganged up on by two guys, I guess. But <laughs> two baby faces, <laughs> two fellas. What? Rick Boogs. And Elias, mm-hmm. both muscle-bound guitar players who are not particularly good wrestlers, who have excellent charisma. We now have a, a guitar player on Raw and a guitar player, a troubadour on SmackDown. What are we doing? <laughs> they have to meet, right? Like you in would, any other company, you would, this would lead to like a guitar on a pole match or something. You would, you would think. And only one guy gets to play guitar when it's over. Why do we have a guitar player on each show? I, well, one's an electric guitar player, one's an acoustic guitar player. So mm, there's, there's your that. variety. There's <laughs> one that. of them exclusively wrestles. Uh, what's his name? And the other guy, the other guy is just Shinsuke's friends. Right. One wrestles Jackson Riker and right. uh, that charisma fountain Jackson Riker. And the other one uh, never wrestles. So there's that. Yeah. All right, uh, Women's Money in the Bank, Asuka, Naomi, Alexa Bliss, Nikki, almost a superhero, uh, Carmella, Zelina <laughs> Vega, and then two spots to be determined. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. There's going to be raw people filling those spots, right? Because there aren't really any other wrestlers on SmackDown. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I have no guess. I, I have... guess it could be Liv and, and somebody, but... Maybe yeah, live and then somebody from Raw. They're making a story out of Liv petitioning Sonya to put her in the match on SmackDown, and she says, "Well, I'll prove it. I prove that I belong in that match by beating Carmella every week." And then she does, and Sonya still hasn't put her in the match. So is Sonya <laughs> heel? I don't know. <laughs> okay, because like everybody else, just kind of got into the. Ma- I mean, I guess they did some qualifying matches, but it feels. This is this with is the, the non-consistent thing. Yes, with the women, some of them they just said so, and you put them in, right? So I just I, just, I would love to I would love to know the process. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Some of All... the deep lore experts, <laughs> please explain to me how uh, Adam Pierce and Sonya decide who gets put into one of these matches and who has to do a qualifying match and who has to have a series of matches that may or may not impress them enough to be selected to be put into a match. Beautiful transition by you. The deep lore. The mm. deep lore of Malachi Black has <sighs> debuted in AEW. So the story here, his 90-day non-compete was not up. 
he didn't have a 90 day non-compete though he they forgot to switch his non-compete to a 90 day from a 30 day to a 90 day when they called him up to the main roster so he only had to be off tv for 30 days before he was free to go elsewhere but apparently they called buddy murphy in a panic because they thought <laughs> they forgot to switch his non-compete and he's like no i can't go anywhere till uh august 31st or september 1st or whatever the date was and uh Really, they forgot with uh, Malachi Black, who thinks this S is Game of Thrones or something. <laughs> so he's in AEW now and apparently to feud with Cody. Ugh. Not a fan. We'll... Not a fan. I'm g- gathering that you're not a fan of Malachi Black. I am sure he is a lovely fellow. Are you? Uh, <laughs> no. But I say that before I say mean things about people. Right. Uh, what sandwich, I sandwich compliment. Yes. Um, and it's great that, that he's very creative and that he puts a lot of thought into his stuff. That being said, wrestling is not overflowing currently with characters that are just like cool, badass kickboxers which is what he could be and what he, I guess, to a certain extent, I don't know how much actual training he's done, but I, my impression is he does at least some, you know, kickboxing training and stuff like that when he comes by that naturally. So he could just be like a cool shooter, but he's been fiend pilled. (laughs) And so he has determined that not only does he have to be a spooky magic character, but that he needs to add to his deep lore with his colors in his gear and the lights that shine during his promos and all this other stuff. And I'm just like, what, what do you think this is? Where do you think you are? <laughs> and in what scenario did you think Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard were going to go for any of your ideas? So you're saying it doesn't pay to try. I not not with this look <laughs> the undertaker was very successful all right yes. yes that's one example of a spooky magic character working right i can rattle off a list of a lot of other spooky magic characters that they tried to make work that didn't work and are now on like when wwe does a thing making fun of itself like they're all in that highlight reel your 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 Papa Shangos, your Damian Dementos, your your Mal, your Mordecai's, right. your Kevin Thorne. Yes, same guy, right? I actually forget. I think I think Kevin Thorne and Malachi. Or Kevin Thorne was the ECW vampire guy, right? Right. But yeah, I think I think he also played the white 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 haired uh, Undertaker foe for <laughs> two weeks on SmackDown. Mordecai. Um, Right. Like, there's a lot of examples of this just not working. Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Mostly bad. <laughs> Very creative guy. Almost everything he's done has been bad. Um, so I guess, look, a lot of people seem to like this. So who am I to stand in the way? But when I saw him on TV and he had like weird makeup or, and like a, a, a colored contact in his one eye, because he's still playing up an injury he got on Raw last year that like nobody remembers. Right. Uh, 
I just, I just wasn't feeling it. And when you add in that he's going to be feuding with Cody Rhodes, uh, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not ready for Malachi Black versus Brock Anderson, I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> Cody, arguably like the most realism based, which, which is funny considering he's like this huge worker as a human, <laughs> as, as a human being, but the most reality based wrestler in AEW, arguably feuding with a guy who thinks he's in an episode of game of thrones yeah it's an interesting mix yeah i mean right whatever you want to say about (laughs) cody right almost all of his programs are like 70s wrestling right like it's yes real simple southern wrestling a lot of them are you know a lot of the angles he does are direct homages if you want or or rehashes (laughs) whatever word you want to use right ripoffs of old you know of WCW NWA angles. Right. Um, so yes, mixing that with something like that is maybe more, would be more at home in like dungeon of doom WCW uh, would be, is very interesting to me. Yeah. It doesn't scream. This is going to work at me, but yeah, we'll see. They, so AEW returned to crowds with dynamite this week. And they kicked off their first show with Cody facing QT Marshall. How do you feel about that? In a strap match. In the a worst s- of all <laughs> stipulations. It's a bad stipulation. Well, yeah. Like, I mean, the match itself was fine, but like, it was got, a strap match. <laughs> we got juice. We got juice in the opener in front of fans. Yeah, yeah, of course. And, and it was it's Cody's match, and it was, I guess, the big blow-off of this QT feud because Cody yeah. needed to be freed up for uh, for Malachi Black later in the show. Um, yeah, God, I hope so. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready for no more QT Marshall uh, on the show. Uh, he can go back to AEW Dark or wherever he was before, uh, before they turned him heel. Is Dustin just going to feud with him now, though, again? Oh. <laughs> Uh, Dustin's going to be shooting his own angles on social media. (laughs) God bless Dustin Rhodes. He's great. Yes. And like, I'm sure he, if they do like a gimmick match between him and QT on television, it would probably be good. A a second one? Did they do one? Well, he did one with the the big muscle man. Right. Conforto or whatever. Mr. Freak Beast. Yes. Um, So yeah, maybe, maybe they'll do something else with Dustin and the the and big shoddy lee and 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 brock maybe they'll they'll <laughs> spin off with dustin to uh to feud to feud with uh qt for a while and cody will be freed up to uh yeah to defend arn's honor against yeah uh, mr black but yeah uh, the issues between the nightmare family and the factory aren't will not be put to bed that easily no of course not that's yeah that's the feud for the ages right other than QT opening the show, <laughs> look, Dan Lambert's a hell of a promo. Strange decision to give a guy from American Top Team like seven minutes of promo time on your two-hour wrestling show on TNT that just led to like Lance Archer hitting blackout on him. But that was a choice. But aside from that, I thought it was a pretty good show. What did you think of Dynamite this week? 
Yeah, it turns out wrestling's better with crowds. Uh, <laughs> Significantly better. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because uh, I, I've made the mistake a few times in the last uh, few months of listening to Chris Jericho's podcast on occasion. Why? I don't know. Sometimes he has people on there. And I'm just curious. I was listening to him and Lana talk the other day. It was weird. Someone holding uh, you at gunpoint? No, I just hate myself. Um, <laughs> well, that's relatable. <laughs> sure. That's, <laughs> that's what brings it back home. But anyway, but he was talking, he's taught, he told this story on like two or three of the ones that I've listened to about wrestling during the pandemic and how weird it was to wrestle without fans and being in the ring with Orange Cassidy during one of their matches and Cassidy asking him, did I sell that too long? And Chris telling Chris said he told him, I don't know (laughs) because we don't have any fans here. So I don't know if we, you know, if there was a lull or not, because there were no, there was no one here to tell us. Right. Um, And so, yeah, it it turns out uh, wrestling, wrestling in front of fans, generally pretty great. I thought the, the main event was, you know, like it's, it's again, if you, if you liked 2015, New Japan Pro Wrestling <laughs> Bullet Club main events. That's what that's what you're getting with with the Young Bucks pretty much every week. Um, but it was a really good match. Lots of plunder and and hardcore stuff. And uh, that Hangman angle I thought was really really good. Yeah, Hangman is going to wrestle Kenny Omega for the world title soonish. I'm assuming all out. And uh, and it's going to be great. Yeah, like and even like. Just, you could just see when he stood up on the apron and he was ready and like in the position for the lariat. Right. Like everyone stood up. Yep. Like it was, it was just one of those things like, you just, Oh, you forget like how cool this was like, <laughs> this was like a moment. Like right. remember when there were the moments in wrestling that made us like, remember why we like wrestling. Yep. It's been a while. It's what I'm saying. Um, and well, one of these days he's going to hit, He's gonna hit the buckshot lariat from that spot because he's had like two or three chances to hit it mm-hmm. where he's teased it, where they've made a point to show you him teasing it, and he hasn't hit it yet. Right. He could have, but he chose not to. Right. So when he chooses to unload on him, it's gonna be great. Yep. One question I have, and and we'll we'll see as we <laughs> get closer to to this actual match happen. It's been a very long time, like over a decade, I'm pretty sure. Is Hangman the guy to kick out of the one-winged angel? I don't... I mean, that's up to Kenny, right? And sure. I don't see him giving that to Hangman, but I don't know. I don't I don't know the dynamics of their personal relationship very well, mm-hmm. but I would have thought, well, it's only, only Ibushi's ever going to kick out of that. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. <laughs> um, that, that, that Those were the two names. I was like, well... If Hangman doesn't kick out of it, I don't think necessarily he needs to. Right. Um, but obviously, but you know that like that is one of those things where the day that happens is gonna be an event. And there's feels like a very short list of people it could possibly be. Because obviously it wasn't Okada, it wasn't Tanahashi. So it's it's a if it's either he gets that dream match with Ibushi one day and he holds out for that. Or he gives it up here to Hangman, I think. Yeah, well, something something to keep an eye on. That's interesting. All right, so uh, that's uh, AEW, that's WWE. Uh, there's a state of emergency declared in 
Tokyo through the end of the Olympics. New Japan, which is who has canceled shows because of this in the past, has decided to just ignore this and operate business as usual, which is <laughs> certainly a choice. They announced the G1 dates. They have their entire summer struggles tour, which kicks off uh, this weekend. Very cold promotion, but uh, main event matches still deliver. So uh, if you're a fan, get ready for all of this content coming up over the next several months. They're, they do not understand the basic law of supply and demand, though. They're like, here, here's some here's some supply. And they're like, well, there's not a whole lot of demand for it right now. They're like, no, more supply. <laughs> and like, but we have we have plenty. Thank you. And they're like, no, supply, more supply. <laughs> and no, if we give them more supply, the demand will increase. Well, that's not really. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. Yeah, that's not usually how that works. But not how it works. Yeah, I understand them being in a spot where they they feel like they need to run shows. But we'll yeah, see. I mean, it's just it's just it is really fascinating how business over there, that, which is just here, it is nothing but television. That's the only thing that matters anymore. Yes, and I guess to a lesser extent now, you know, if you're if you're AEW or any of these other promotions, you're probably trying to find a streaming deal as well. Right. Good luck, but. Right. Um, so it's like, it's just all about that here and, and merchandise and ticket sales and all that stuff is the last thing anyone cares about, right? We just spent a year where WWE probably made more money not selling a single ticket than they ever have in their entire existence. For sure. Yep. So, and, like the, and the merchandise numbers didn't drop all that much either. Right. <laughs> so like, they, so we learned some lessons here <laughs> yeah. uh, about how, you know, where, where their business truly comes from at this point, where their revenues truly comes from. And on you know the other side of the world, it's, we're still, we're still got, we still got to make these towns brother. Like it's, it's yep. wild, man. Yep. Yep. Their, uh, their English language website is njpw1972.com because they were uh, founded in 1972 and in many ways, their business model is still stuck in 1972. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. All right. Uh, is there anything else that you want to get into? I believe we've covered all the pertinent data. Yeah, no, I guess uh, be- best wishes to Terry Funk. I guess there was some somewhat conflicting reports about his health this week. But sure. Um, but yeah, he's, it's, you know. Terry it's, Funk's amazing, and it, you think about the errors he covered. Like, I don't want to eulogize a man who is, by all accounts, not he's not on death's door or anything. But it's yeah, great, great, and everyone that knows him seems to love him. So, the thing with dementia too, and we know this from personal experience, is that mm-hmm. it's not a linear, you know, point A to point Z decline. You could, yeah, you can have a conversation with someone with dementia and they're just fine. And then a half hour later, they'll ask you who you are. (laughs) And then a half hour after that, they'll be angry for no reason that you're there. And then you'll step out of the room and come back 10 minutes later and they'll be, Oh, Hey, how are you? You know, it's not, it is a (laughs) right. uh, Linear decline necessarily. So I believe like Tommy dreamer who calls him said, he's still very mentally with it. It's like, I'm sure it depends on the day. Yeah, yeah, I think that's 
as you said, that's, that's very common for, for people with, uh, with that, uh, affliction, but yeah. yeah, either way, Terry Funk's awesome. So that's, that's where we'll end it this week. I call, I use the term satchel ass <laughs> <laughs> on a weekly basis, at least in, in describing people. And that's of course, someone who's ass is wider than their shoulders. <laughs> satchel ass. A promo apparently Terry Funk cut on like ECW.com back in the day when feuding with McFoley in WWE's version of ECW, saying his daddy told him not to trust anyone <laughs> whose ass is wider than his shoulders. That person is a satchel ass, and Mick Foley is a satchel ass. It's tremendous. I do remember uh, hearing that that drop on uh, on some old Brian and Vinny clips on YouTube. So yeah, I think yes. that that was uh, legendary uh, too. Yes, it, despite what uh, someone who tweets once a week about how, oh, the IWC, if it existed in 2005, would have hated this. No, it did exist uh, back then. And, and uh, it, it turns out there, there was a, an internet, a lot of internet wrestling fans at that time. And, and <laughs> Terry Funk shouting satchel ass was, uh, was a legendary uh, moment in that, uh, in that community, by all accounts. Yep. All right, let's get out of here. Till next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Bye-bye. for listening don't forget to leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts now here are this week's bonus features (sighs) we'll fill 45 minutes somehow i would say it'll be no problem and it is it is NWO week, so we could always fall back on like WWE <laughs> itself. We could always fall back on uh, nostalgia. nostalgia about the the nineties and how much better it it was. Yeah, I spent a lot of time on Bret Hart's cage match last night. Bret Hart's cage match page, actually, <laughs> boy, that's a bizarre final page. <laughs> it's like the Goldberg match, the Funk, like a, a series of like house show hardcore matches with Terry Funk. Yeah, and then the the WWE run. Oh, right. Where it's like a bunch of six-man tags in like Turkey and Belgium and Germany. And yeah. Very bizarre. There's stuff there that I don't remember happening, like Bret Hart and John Cena versus Edge and Chris Jericho in a lumberjack match on Raw. <laughs> what? Okay, yeah, I don't... I remember they like pretended they were gonna do Brett versus Undertaker on uh, 2010. <laughs> That's and then like as I don't even know if the bell sounded if it was an official match or not, but then like the lights go out and Kane's in the ring or something. Okay, it's not on the cage match page, so I mean, not that this is definitive. They miss stuff sometimes, but probably just an angle and not an official match. Yes. They did promote it as a match, though. And I was like, well, this is... I have no recollection of that. <laughs> I think it was like, it was the 900th Raw, I want to say. Yikes. Which was like a, a not good show.
seems like that would have been because er- Jericho and Edge versus Brett and Cena was eight ninety eight. So it would have been two weeks after that. <laughs> okay. All right. That sounds yeah. Because I, I guess yeah. So it would have been around the it would SummerSlam next. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. It would have been right before or right after that the SummerSlam. Bizarre. Yeah, on, on Brett's birthday, WWE posted like a, here's a compilation of, you know, great moments in Brett, like lesser known, but still great moments. And one was like Bret Hart winning the US title from The Miz. And one was him wrestling Booker T. And one, I think there was that Sting match that you said was like the worst oh, Brett match you ever saw. Yeah. Um, and and then a couple other ones in there. I was like, Bret Hart and The Miz wrestled and Brett won the US title. You don't say yeah for some reason i remember that one because it was uh on i made a point to watch that raw on some illegal stream um <laughs> because i knew brett was going to be on but yeah and i remember that i don't remember how they got the title off of him though i think maybe they just stripped him yeah i think yeah he just yeah he either <laughs> gives it up or, or they strip him out because then he's the gm for like three weeks because they're yeah. like we have him under contract <laughs> Right. What do we do now? Right. Ugh. Ugh. Weird. Very, very weird. His final career match, Bret Hart and John Cena defeated Alberto Del Rio and Ricardo Rodriguez. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I would have thought it would have been like, wow. All right. Yeah. Uh, that was a house show? Raw number 955. Huh. <laughs> In, All right. in Ottawa, Ontario. Okay. His second to last career match in Istanbul, Turkey at a house show. Bret Hart, Edge, and Rey Mysterio defeated Alberto Del Rio, Cody Rhodes, and Drew McIntyre. Wow. <laughs> what? <laughs> that's that's, that's got to be like, I mean, Hogan's page has got to be like that too, right? Because he did those weird like six mans in in UK yeah he only did two of them though right oh he only did a couple okay yeah (laughs) yeah his last match was like against bully ray which (laughs) (laughs) man they deserve each other i guess (laughs) well as it turns out they did yes the man who canceled the new japan ambulance (laughs) (laughs) forced a japanese businessman to go out and bow in shame I had like I had completely forgotten that story until you messaged me <laughs> in the middle of the night about it, mm-hmm. and then I was like, "Canceled the oh my god. yeah!" It was like, "Oh, somebody was pissed off that they ran a show in the U.S. by themselves, right?" And the ambulance got canceled, <laughs> right? And it postponed the start of the show like an hour, or an hour That's and a right. half, or something, yeah. right? And they sent the Japanese businessman out to bow. <laughs> In shame. <laughs> so silly. I try to keep on keeping on. 